our mission trip. So at the... Sorry? We can send the kids out. That's a great idea. So young people, go with God's blessing. We pray for you as you go that God will be with you and bless you. So if you're the young people in the place, uh, crash is open, uh, glow is open, out you go with God's blessing and prayer. Run your teachers ragged. That's all I'm saying. Make them work for their dime. They don't get paid for volunteering. I shouldn't say that. What a blessing our children are in our, in our, our Glow ministry team. Well, um, uh, at the end of last year into the beginning of this year, um, we sent a crew over to Thailand, uh, to our mission partners over in Thailand. And Andrew and Michael and Bernadette are going to come and share about that now. Come along. Good morning, church. Good morning. I'm sure it's okay for anyone else. Is it coming on? Can everyone hear me? Okay, good. Good morning. Um, we are the mission team for 2019-2020, and we went over um, and were blessed beyond measure, but we also hopefully blessed the Thai people as well that we met. So today we're going to go through a bit of a slideshow. We're going to be up and down a little bit and just give you our highlights. We would love to talk with you more if you have questions and we also would love to encourage another team to be going as well. So if you feel that stirring within your heart, we would love to have a chat with you with the possibilities of another team going. So, first slide and I believe it's up to Andrew. Oh, sorry. Back to that one. Um, as you can see, this is um, crossover day where we leave Dain Jumnong who have Cho with them. And then there is Pastor Nopachai standing in between Michael and Andrew and Pastor Boo on the end. So that's swap over day where we sort of leave what we know and going again into the unknown with Pastor Boo and Pastor Nopachai. But it was just an adventure and we all survived. So even though there's a little nerves on change over day, but over to Andrew. Okay, so our, our first week with Diane Drumnong, this is, this is their property. Um, and, and I just want to begin with just talk a little bit about their, their vision. So their vision in the past was to, to have children stay with them so that they could go to school. And that, that need isn't there anymore. So now they're, they're hoping to use their property for uh, discipleship training and for youth camps. And the other thing they're going to focus on is doing outreach activities. So into the hills and into uh, Burma and Laos. And go to the next slide. That's the other part of their property. Um, but to do outreach, they're going to have some groups helping them. So they've got a women's small group on the next slide. So they're, they're from Chiang Mai. They're all over 60. They, um, they get together and do, do Bible studies. And they, they were thinking about how to help uh, and put their faith into action. And in one of those ways is that they, they gather money together and they put it to good causes. And one of them is to 
is to contribute to the outreach. So they're, they're planning on joining the outreach activities. And if you go to the next slide, there's another outreach group. Um, so you can see the three fellows in, in the middle and the one on the end. They're all working in jobs full time, but they're, they're dedicated to wanting to provide practical help um, in these outreach activities that they do. Okay, so in that previous slide, one of the, um, one of the pastors that was in that slide uh, is part of a team that uh, Bu, uh, sorry, um, uh, Don Jumnong have pulled together. So, so their main, main focus moving forward is to do work in the community but actually form a ministry team and actually use that ministry team to do church planting in remote villages. And one of those pastors uh, lives in a village um, not far from where Don Jungnong are. And in Thailand, it's interesting because they acknowledge uh, 25th of December as, uh, as Christmas Day, but in Thailand their Christmas celebrations actually spread across December and January because they're very community-focused. So, uh, so Christmas celebrations for them are all about picking a date where community leaders and important people and church leaders can come together and celebrate. So when we arrived, one of the first things that Don Jumnong said to us was... Um, the village that uh, one of their ministry team pastors was part of was having a Christmas celebration, and so we were invited to go up to that village. Now, I'm not even going to pretend to pronounce the name of the village, but, um, but when we arrived, um, we actually went to the pastor's home, and this is actually the view from the pastor's window. So it just reminds us that over there, they actually live quite simply. Um, you know, they don't come home to, um, you know, TVs and you know, uh, air conditioning and those sort of things that we're used to, but they can look out of their window, and uh, this is the beautiful view that, uh, that they do see. So we'll go on to the next slide. Um, so this is the meal that we were part of, and I guess this is one of the things that I really enjoyed about our time uh, in Thailand, was um, everything seems to revolve around uh, meals and food. So, um, so when we got there, uh, the first thing they said was, we must sit down and eat. So, um, you know, we did lots of eating uh, and uh, we, we laugh about it because uh, a bit later on in the trip when we got to Pastor Boo, um, some, some nights we had three evening meals because we were just moving from group to group and every time you went somewhere it's like, you must sit and eat with us and it's like, yeah, we had plenty of food. So, so this was the meal that we shared um, with this pastor and his family um, and uh, yes, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was very apprehensive about the food because Bernadette was saying about in some of the previous trips she went on how hot the food was, but it was, uh, it was very enjoyable. So the next slide. Uh, so in this village, uh, for their Christmas celebration, uh, they set up a big stage in the middle of uh, a local rice paddy and, um, and this is how they, they do their Christmas celebration. So um, we actually, it was about twilight, I think, when we had the, um, the Christmas celebration. And then from there we split into teams and we actually went uh, into the village which spreads up the face of a hill and we actually did caroling uh, at every single house uh, in the village. And uh, after we did the caroling we, we did a blessing for the, the house and um, they generally gave us more food and uh, the kids lollies and then we moved on. And it was at this village that I had an unfortunate encounter with a vine hanging from a tree and uh, it um, somehow irritated 
part of my face and my eye all swollen, got swollen and closed over. And, and uh, some of the photos the Burnett has of us together on this part of the trip probably aren't my best side. But, uh, um, but anyway, we did a bit of um, Googling and a bit of Burnett took photos and sent to Simon and we actually did a diagnosis over, over mobile phone and all came good in the end. So here we are again back at Dian Jumnong's home and I'm just sitting down watching the boys playing uh, soccer. But just behind the boys is a big stack of um, straw. And this is part of Dian Jumnong's vision. Dai is amazing in her encounters with her community, not only where they live but where they travel. And she is passionate, passionate beyond measure about being eco-friendly about teaching them how to do things better, how to do things with their own resources. So that is just straw left over from um, rice fields and they keep it and they use it as mulch and they use it as feed if they really need to, if they're really down. But it is about learning and teaching people and she takes that with her at times if she feels like she needs to bless them in a way. So she is very always telling them about less chemicals, about more ways of doing things in a natural way. Next one, please. So again, what I noticed on my trips, this is my third trip to Thailand, that beautiful looking rooster, and he was sort of a little bit crouched, and then Michael and I stood and said, what a good looking rooster. And he stood up and he did that. And we were like, yep, he knows he's good looking. So he's just beautiful. But... What I noticed is that he wasn't living under a house. When I went a few years ago, we would be in houses and they would be all underneath the house, you know, and with conversations that are being had with Don Jumnong, they are starting to make pens and coops and things like that outside of their home environment and taking it out and just allowing the healthiness of manure to be used but not under the house in different spots for it. Again, thanks. This beautiful earthenware pot is something that Di is very passionate about that she is taking with her on different trips. It normally has a lid, but she couldn't find it for me. Um, to help people to learn if they store their grains of any sort, um, seeds and things like that, in an, a very solid pottery pot, it doesn't get the weevils, it doesn't get the, any bugs that they really have. And if you have a secure lid... Um, some plastics are not good enough either. Bugs will still get in because they don't have great seals at the top. And she doesn't like plastic because plastic doesn't break down. So she is very out there in having that conversation about being into natural. So that's something that she takes out and her knowledge is absolutely vast. People ask her all sorts of questions and if she doesn't know, she'll go back and research and she'll find out. But if you have any donation at times when we do Mission Month and you want to put it in, she wanted me to say this to our congregation today, if you would love to say, I want to donate $50 and that's to go out and buy these pottery pots, that's exactly what she'll do. She would love to be able to know that you're thinking about her and thinking about her passion and her way that she is building her community with the people. Um, she will definitely do that. So... They're uh, just a few little snippets of what we have conversations with them. Okay, uh, Jum Nong wanted to, wanted to get us doing some real work when we were over there. So 
Uh, we were off into the jungle and cutting bamboo for preparation for fixing a fence. Um, so th probably the hardest bit is uh, actually once you've cut the bamboo, you've got to try and pull it down. Um, so it normally gets stuck among other bits and that's very challenging actually. Uh, so next slide. And you'll notice when you, when you get the bamboo, um, it, it cuts straight down the fibre. So we'd slice it in half, then we'd take the half and then slice it into maybe fourths or thirds, depending on how big the bamboo was. Um, and it's an incredible... It was just incredible to see how useful bamboo is. Um, and I, I came back wanting to grow bamboo, but I was warned against the idea, so put that on hold. So if you go to the next slide, um, what we had to do was we had to take all the old pickets out and put the new ones in. But you can just see they're, they're just um, slithers of bamboo. And you just start from the top and cut all the way down. And then they just slide into place. And, and that'll last probably for about two years before it needs to be replaced again. Is there another one there? No. Okay, so um, part of what Daim Jung Nong do at the moment is uh, put days aside to go out and do community visits. So on this particular day, we went to a local village called Me Too. Uh, now, I presume that's a, how you pronounce it. But this is actually the village that May lives in. So for those who have been on previous trips and, and met May as one of the helpers, um, this is actually her village. So uh, Dai uh, took us into the village and we were able to see her home and May is now married with a child, so we're actually uh, able to meet May and um, um, catch up with her. So that was very uh, important for Burnett because she actually um, got to meet May on some of the previous trips. Um, so the, the villages are, are coming along quite progressively, so probably within the last three or four years, most of them have got electricity, so you'll see there that they've got power poles and, and electricity. So, you know, that's one of the things that I guess Burnett's been sort of imparting on me is that each time she goes over they're just seeing that they're just progressing you know, that bit further, that bit further. The homes are still quite basic in, in their um, structure and they're still quite basic inside when you go in there. Most of these homes uh, really don't have furniture at all. You go in there, you still sit on the floor, you still eat on the floor, that sort of stuff. But they are uh, becoming quite, um, quite progressive in some of the services the government is providing them. Um, on one of the days, we actually um, were involved in uh, giving out some clothes. So uh, this is a village not far from me too, and in actual fact, it's that close that uh, on this particular day, uh, people from the two villages combined. Um, but there's actually a, uh, a guy that Don Jumnong did some university studies with. He's not yet a Christian, but it's, it's in his heart to actually start serving the community. So... Uh, on this particular occasion, he pulled together uh, a ute load of um, uh, supplies and he actually brought them to the village and, uh, and we were able to see uh, him distribute these to the villagers. Now, it's really interesting when you see them go through this process. It's not, it's not a free-for-all. I mean, these people don't have a lot, but they're actually quite respective in the fact that they will go through all of the clothing. They will just take what they believe they need and then what was left over was re-bagged and that, uh, that particular guy was going to go on to another village and, uh, and, and uh, you know, repeat the process till it was all given out. Um, Burndett's actually standing on the veranda of the local school. Uh, it's a very small village, 
but they actually have their own school there because the current king's mother actually as a gift um, builds a school for this village so it's um, um, something that they quite um, quite revere because they uh, they know it's a gift from the king's mother so there's just one more slide so the gentleman that's actually standing next to Dai uh, he's the guy that organized all this um, and uh, and as you can see from the people that are there they uh, they're very they're very thankful um, they're getting some clothes they're getting some snacks they're getting some food so it's, it's quite a, a lovely uh, thing to actually um, see happen so that's that's still something that Don Jumnong do on a weekly basis no okay uh, so this is I guess another example of what Don Jumnong are doing to help the local communities. So they've actually purchased a, a machine that, uh, that helps to process rice and what they actually do is they make this machine available to anybody in the village and what it actually does it separates the, uh, the, the rice from the husk. So the big trough that has um, uh, the bag hanging in it, that, uh, that collects all of the, the husks and what Jumnong sort of encourages the local people to do is actually make use of that. So where that probably would have been scrapped before, he's explaining to them that you can actually use that to feed your pigs and, and dyes encouraging the ladies to sort of use it in the composting for vegetables and stuff like that. So, so it's just another way that they're actually um, connecting to the community and helping them with their, um, with their use of, uh, of all of the resources that they have. And the other thing that they are also doing as well is raising money to buy a tractor so that the whole community can have use of the tractor. So, um, so once again, as Burnett said, if anyone has it on their heart that they think, well, I'd love to contribute to some of the work that they're doing, um, they're probably about halfway towards a target of actually purchasing a tractor for the use of the local community. Okay, so we have done lots of community visiting, so, um, and we have been missing a very valuable member of the family, as Fawn, or Willinacy, as she is called, um, is at high school in Chiang Mai. So we've been hanging out with Diane Jomnong and the boys, but they thought it was time that we went to Chiang Mai and picked up Willinacy and had a day out with her. So we headed off and we picked her up from Chiang Mai, and our first stop was at a tea plantation. So we're standing up quite high and then it goes down into the valley to this amazing tea plantation. So we just hung out there for a while and um, it was holiday season. So it was just like a snake line of cars and little lines of people all through the tea fields. And, but it was very quaint and it was very pretty. So that was a nice part of the day. Another moment that we had just a bit of downtime was just with Diane Jumnong. The boys um, weren't with us. This is cooking eggs. I don't know if that's really clear, but they're in baskets and they're in um, very hot water, just a natural spring. So at that spring is about 82 degrees. So people go and purchase eggs or they bring their own and they pop them in the baskets and they put them in the water for a certain amount of time and then they take them out and snacks. So you see everybody picnicking and, and all that sort of thing, but it, yeah, it's a bit smelly. The spring is a bit smelly, but it, it was fun. It was, I've never seen anything like it, and it is just, yeah, it's an amazing place. So we do get to do some fun things as well. And then we also went, this is actually with Pastor Boo, but it's a really good example. We, we did go see some Buddhist temples as well, just to 
understand being respectful and how the culture works around that, not pointing your feet towards Buddha and you have to be on your knees, like walking on your knees and things like that. So even though we do get to do some community stuff, they'd love to show us their country. And sometimes, particularly for Dain Jumnong, when we're there, it is their downtime. They do recognise it as a bit of a break for them. So even though they're doing touristy things with us, they get to have a little bit of a day out as well. And I think we're heading over to week two. So week, week two was with um, Boo, Nopachai and Peter. So uh, the first photo that you saw to begin with was that crossover time. Um, so just, just introducing Boo. Um, he is such a gentle man, but a, a powerful man. So he just had such a, a presence about him. But he, at the same time, he was willing to bring himself down to, to everyone else. Um, and he, he was willing to, to come into the villages um, and, and just be with the poor people as well. So he was quite, a, quite an amazing person. Um, and he was very, he just, he came across as just very dedicated um, to wanting to, to guide people in a spiritual way. Um, and he, he would just get told things at short notice, like, oh, we've had a death, we need to get a funeral organized. And him and the community would just um, just so quickly organize themselves. And he was just always on the go. Um, and his wife is Rainbow. She's, she's pregnant now with their first child. I, I believe they've been wanting a child for a, a very long time. Um, and, and she's due in June, I think. So they're both doing really well. Um, Rainbow's got a business that seems to be thriving. She's Selling, selling clothes online, um, and that, that appears to be really successful. Next slide. So this is uh, Nopachai and his wife Jet and their son. They've, they've got a daughter as well, but she was at school that day, a little bit unlucky. Um, so Nop- the church has helped Nopachai uh, in the past, our church, and, and the giving has, is, is planning to be dropped over time. So what, what's happening is his church is beginning to give him more money. It's not quite enough for him to survive on, but at, at the same time, it, there is some growth there and there's some support starting to happen. And um, also to help himself, he, he's in the market selling um, churros and fried chicken. And he's, he's been doing that for a very long time. It wasn't, wasn't doing well to start with, but it's, it's starting to do a lot better and it's, help, it's helping him. Next slide. Now this is um, Peter. Peter, I don't think any... He hasn't been involved with any, with, with any other uh, trips in the past, but he, he's just started working part-time with Boo for a, a little, little bit more experience, um, that kind of thing. So he's, he's married to a girl, uh, probably an hour outside of Narn, which is where Boo, Boo's located. And he's, he's, he doesn't know much English, but we could just tell he's got a big heart. Um, he's just a lovely man, um, and his, his church is about 20 people, um, and that was started by missionaries out of, out of Korea. They started that church, and, and he's, he's maintaining it. We didn't get to visit that church, but... 
Um, Peter travelled a long way to see us on a regular basis. So we, so we got to know him pretty well. While we're at Takintong, it was Christmas celebration day. So um, a lot of the community was there. Um, whether they were Christian or not, the children would often come up because there were gifts to be given out. So here they are, just um, to the side of the church, out underneath the tree. And that lovely lady standing up, um, telling the story, she's from Kununukan. So she's travelled up there as well to help out. Um, but they were having a great time, just like all Sunday schools, uh, just exactly the same, really, just sitting under a tree. So it was just wonderful to sit and um, enjoy the atmosphere while we were up there. Thanks. Here we are. We've had church and, um, oh, we sang in church. Pastor Boo asked the three of us to sing. You know, that was joy. Um, But we did it. We did it. Andrew led us beautifully. Um, And, you know, we sang um, just a song. It wasn't really a Christmas song, but we just felt like it was a nice song to bless the congregation. But we've had church, we've had lunch, and now they're fundraising for the church. The church needs some help with electrical work, so they're doing some fundraising. (laughs) Pastor Peter there on the microphone, he is an auctioneer to be revered. He had everybody going for money, even I was thinking about it, and I didn't even know what I was buying. But, um, you know, it was just amazing. It was a fun event. He had everybody laughing. There was some weird things in bags that you just go, wow, what is that? Don't let it get cooked and bring it to me. So, but it was a fun day. It was an absolute fun community event. Thank you. Oh, we had to pop this in. This is the tree that Pastor Boo took us to, that Alison and Grantly and Nathan planted. So we are all pointing to show everybody how much it's grown. So it's doing well. He said, please tell the family, the tree's doing well. So here we all are at the tree, having a bit of fun around the tree. Okay. Uh. Okay, so this is uh, Here We Are New Church. So this is um, um, Nupachai's home church, and previous teams have actually gone to Here We Are New and generally stayed for a couple of nights. Um, for our trip, we actually had to trim it back to one night only because, um, unfortunately, I mean, Boo sets a rigid timetable, and those who have been on previous trips know that he accounts for every minute of every day, um, but he actually had to change the whole timetable this time because uh, as soon as we arrived, they actually had uh, a death in the community, and things moved very quickly for them, so generally they're having a Thanksgiving service the day after the death, and the burial was usually the second or third day after, so it's very, very quick. So we trimmed Huey O'Neill back to one night, and... Uh, Nopachai asked us to actually prepare a meal for them. So, uh, so after a little bit of debate, uh, it was Andrew's suggestion that maybe we should do baked potatoes because they really wanted something Australian, something they wouldn't see. Um, and we thought, well, it's got to be something that we can actually make. Um, so, yeah, so we just said to them, prepare us a fire and we'll take it from there. Cook some baked potatoes in the fire and had lots of topping uh, prepared. Uh, interesting topping. It's hard to shop for what we would probably put on baked potatoes when you're over there, but we we uh, compromised. And it was amazing. There was probably about 40 people present for the meal, and every single person tried it and put all the toppings on. And we said to them afterwards, it's a great experience because if a traditional Thai team came here and said, we're going to cook you a traditional Thai dish, I wonder how many like six-year-old kids would actually try it but not they all lined up they all uh, all tried it and uh, and loved it 
So, uh, so that was a really, a really cool night. Um, next slide. Um, so this is, uh, I guess, for me, just a little bit of a uh, reminder of, of how well Boo and Nopachai work together. Um, so they're, they're, pretty, they're a very awesome team, and those who have been before would have probably experienced that. And now that Pastor Peter's come on board and, uh, and Boo's mentoring him as well, the three of them really, really work well together, and it's just fantastic to see them um, actually together. But, um, but life's sort of evolving for, uh, for Nopachai. So uh, he used to live in a, uh, um, a house in the village, but the family's now relocated to Narn. So, uh, so he lives in Narn, uh, which is the same place that Pastor Boo lives. And uh, Pastor Boo was actually um, uh, building a house uh, in the same street that, uh, that he lives in so that he can actually rent that to, uh, to, to Nopachai and his family so they can be even closer together. So as Andrew said, he's an awesome guy. Uh, he's very revered by his community, but at the same time, he's just a lovely, generous person uh, who, who's very giving of his time. Uh, so next... One. So this is what uh, Hugh O'Neill Church looks like, and they've got some exciting plans for it. So um, Nopachai was explaining to us that they're going through a process at the moment uh, of establishing a building fund, uh, and they would like to expand the church. They're growing in numbers. Uh, they're maturing in their faith. Um, as Andrew pointed out earlier, as we pull back on our uh, giving towards Nopachai's stipend, They've actually got 20 families who have now agreed to give 60 baht per month towards, um, you know, contributing towards uh, his stipend. So, so we had a good talk to the uh, the elders there, and they acknowledged the fact that you know they value Nopachai, they need to keep him there, and they need to actually have some skin in the game as far as paying uh, for his salary. So it's not enough to keep him going; he still continues to to sell the food at the market. But it's fantastic to see that the church is growing. They've got plans for it. Uh, and they're greatly maturing in their faith. So one of the things that struck me, and probably the others as well, on our trip was the role of prayer in, in their Christianity. Um, sometimes I think we ignore prayer a little bit in the everyday, but prayer goes into so much that they do. Um, and I just want to give three examples. So this, this is um, a Thanksgiving service for... That, that man there, not Boo, the one, the other one, uh, he had stage four cancer. Um, so we were there um, giving thanks because he, he had recovered, I believe fully recovered. Um, so they, they gathered uh, with their family and friends just to give thanks to God. So the next, next one. Uh, this is, who's, Jo Chiem. So she's, She's known Bernadette from other trips. So we, we did a house visit. So she, she's been feeling not so well. So uh, we visited her to pray for her, um, pray for her healing and, and restoration of her body. And, of course, we, we had some food afterwards. I think that was one of the nights where we had three, three meals. Uh, the next one. Um, so we had, just, we had just come from a funeral um, and while this is all going on, we don't know, because of the translation and the loss of translation, we only pick up half of what's happening, so we don't know. We sort of get called to the next thing, but we didn't really know what was happening until we got, we got there. So this was to give thanks um, to God for a, a new bike that someone had. 
So we were praying for, for safety and, and giving thanks for that bike, which um, th- that was late at night after a funeral. So basically, uh, funerals are a little bit different over there, I think. So it'd be a bit rude to do that in Australia, but that's what they do over there. While we were at Kornerukin, on the night that we arrived, um, the youth um, turned up and there was just a little bit of an instant connection with the girls in the group to myself, maybe been missing my girls. Sorry, that just brings emotion back of that. So yes, I was missing my girls and these girls were just so warm and lovely and I had leftover donuts and who doesn't like, you know, donuts? So I was a bit of a, you know, let's hang out and have donuts. But they were just sweet beyond measure. So they decided to bless us and cook us a dinner. (laughs) And then we were like, yeah, sure, great. And they wanted to do it all. So Boo had translated and said they want to do it just completely themselves. I don't know what you're going to get. We're like, that's okay. It's fine. Um, So it turned out to be pad thai, but sort of out of a packet pad thai. And it was okay, but it was just a blessing. So they were just so excited to be able to do it to us. And we sat there and we ate and we sang songs. We did lots of YouTubing. We did translating with Andrew's phone. He was a king on it by the end. So we're translating stuff and talking about all silly stuff, like just general teenage questions. Um, what, and particularly, what do teenagers do in Australia? What does this happen? You know, what goes on? Um, So we had lots of time with the youth. Um, Anytime we seemed to appear at Kornanookin, there was a group of them that suddenly turned up on motorbikes. I don't know. You suddenly go, oh, here they are. So they wanted to hang out a little bit more. And then they asked us if we would sing a song with them in church on Sunday. Um, And we were like, yeah, we'll we'll do that. And so then next thing we're learning a new song. Thankfully, they wanted to sing it in English. So we were all good. Thank you. So here we are just exchanging tops. Um, We had just some clothes that we had taken with us and I knew that the youth had, you know, numerous of numbers. So we were blessed by the Metro, the women's Metro team here in um, Adelaide with some soccer tops and they're all soccer mad. So I just explained it was part of my family who's part of this soccer group with my daughter, Gracie, and they were like, oh, that's very cool and and everything. And um, so, yeah. That was just, they had fun with that in there. Um, I just wanted to, we did do a funeral, and it is just so different from an Australian funeral, but I thought it just might have a bit of interest. But um, Michael did generously give me the tag of Angel of Death because um, every mission trip, oh, in a nice way, yeah, um, because you can, um, every mission trip I've been on, someone's died. (laughs) So I've been to every mission trip, I've done a funeral. Um, And on this trip, just before we left, somebody else died. So we went to the very first part, so even two in this one. But this is the very last day. So we've gone one night, we've had the Thanksgiving service, and we've been given a snack box. And they've mentioned you, we're up the front, we're in front row. And because, you know, we're trying to just sneak in the back and there's Boo up the front. No, 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 come forward, come forward. <laughs> okay, so there's lots of chat and you're sitting there and you're being respectful and you pray when they pray. And then suddenly you hear, uh, Andrew, Michael. <laughs> yep, that's us. <laughs> so obviously something's being said and everybody looks at you and smiles and you think, this is so weird. We're here to thanks, you know, give thanks for this person's life. 
Um, but we do that, and then you get given a snack box, and it's late at night, generally, about half past eight. Then you go home. Then the next day, there is something that goes on, but we weren't normally part of that bit. And then on the third day, this is how they take the body to the cemetery. So this is in Kunanukan, in the actual village of Kunanukan. The coffin is on the back of a ute, and there's a great big rope right in front of it. So everybody holds the rope, and they pull. The significance of it is that the family is right at the front of the, the rope, and then there's sort of extended family, then there's friends, and then there's community. So the community is right by the ute, but everybody holds the rope. And the significance is, is that they are safely taking you to your last resting place. So they guide the ute um, to the resting place and then they take the casket off and they lay it just as we do here in Australia um, in the cemetery. So it is certainly a blessing to be part of that. But yes, if you decide to go on, another, in, on a mission trip and I am there, pack something black. Everybody wears black at funerals in Thailand. So yes, pick something dark coloured. But, um, and then they definitely want us to be part of that. They give us something to put on the coffin and we pay our respects to the family and you're given a gift. So um, this time I, we had face cloths like flannels. Another funeral I got given a teacup and a saucer. Um, so it is just very different from Australia. But as much as it sounds like a sad event, there is definitely thanksgiving and giving thanks for that person's life. And this person actually helped one of the elders come out to Australia and visit us. His son was one of the elders who came to Parafel Gardens and he helped finance him. He helped him with money to come out. So that was why we were mentioned, I believe, at the service. So it is just, yeah, a really fun time. Cool. Okay, so this is uh, at Kukunukan Church. Uh, and for those who have been before, this is uh, May Lin. And, uh, and May Lin is a, a lady who, despite her disability, um, doesn't affect, let that affect her life. So she makes craft and sells at the local market uh, to support her living. So she, she supports herself. Um, her brother is her full-time carer and is one of the, uh, the loveliest people that we met while we were over there. And, and he takes care of her. Um, and uh, I know she has a special connection with uh, Alison and Grantley, so it was fantastic to be able to, uh, to catch up with her uh, actually at the church. So, um, uh, but uh, lovely church, quite simple. It was built by missionaries um, a long time ago. Oh, yeah, early, like, it wouldn't be 100 years old, but it's, it's, uh, it's quite an old church and quite simple and, uh, and got lovely pews. Um, while we were over there, Attached to the, the greater church, so the church is a bit of a complex, so it has uh, a church and it has a, uh, a building at the back which um, is used by the local compassion organisation. And so we were able, or Ben and I were fortunate enough to actually meet our compassion child. Uh, so Nontawat is someone that we've been supporting for a while. And uh, the lady on the, the very left is the uh, compassion office manager and then uh, Nontawat's mum, and then Nontawat. So it was fantastic to be able to, to meet him. Uh, it was a bit of an awkward uh, thing for him, being a, a young lad, and, and all these strange people, and, and, and all this fuss over him, so he was a little bit taken back by it, uh, but very gracious. Uh, but he's a lovely young man, uh, doing well at school, uh, has a great love for soccer, 
and uh, we had, um, through interpretation, had you know, a good conversation with him, um, and, and they gave us a gift of some, uh, some lovely bright coloured hats, so um, that was awesome. This is um, one of the final nights we were in Kununukan. Uh, this is the elders who have come to uh, thank us and farewell us. Um, they were quite, um, I guess, conscious of the fact that they, they hadn't had much connection with us early on in the, the time at uh, Kununukan because the, uh, the gentleman who's got his arm around me, uh, he is um, one of the elders of the church. He's also the, the uh, son of the the elderly man that died that we had the funeral of so he was quite preoccupied with that but uh, but it was fantastic to be able to meet with them uh, uh, we prayed for them they prayed for us and uh, we were just able to get a, a, a real good feeling for Kundukan Church uh, it's a lovely church it uh, <clears throat> currently has about 140 families that are connected so Boo explained to us if every single person turned up on a Sunday they'd have something like 400 people in their congregation so it is quite a well-established church and in their presbytery they have about 23 churches only two or three of them are financially viable to be able to support themselves pay their own minister maintain their properties and then outreach and Kununukan is one of them that's why Boo is so revered I guess in his community and when you go and meet the, the Pac-5 presbytery leaders they they have a lot of respect for Boo because he he uh, is doing a great job uh, in his community um but uh, we'll just finish off on a, a little bit of a funny story. Um, our first night in Kununukan uh, Church, um, Bernadette and I thought it might actually be our last night because we've, we've arrived and uh, the, the manse is on the grounds and Boo doesn't live in the manse anymore. He lives in Narn. So he very graciously said, um, I've set you, Michael and Bernadette, up in the, in the manse and Andrew had a room in the multi-purpose building. So it's 10 o'clock at night. We're very tired. We've, we've gone to bed. Locked the place up. Quarter past ten, we're almost asleep, and this very noisy motorbike comes up the street, then it comes up the driveway of the church, and then it parks on the front veranda, and then the person gets off the motorbike, tries to get through the front door, can't, comes around the back, tries to get through the back door, can't, tries every single window, and finally breaks through a window in the lounge room, and Bernie and I are looking at each other going, well, I guess somebody has to go out there, so... So I've walked down the passageway and thought, I have no idea what I'm going to meet here. And all of a sudden, this guy comes around the corner, and he's the same size as me and half my age. And I thought, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. And he met with a big smile and a sawadee cup. And through interpretation, we worked out he was actually a live-in caretaker that Boo forgot to tell us about. And, uh, and Boo just thought this was hilarious, and he mentioned it in his sermon. And he told every single person that he could come across, and... And uh, it honestly took about five years off my life because I was face-to-face -face with this guy and had no idea how it was going to end. But, um, but it was a fantastic trip and uh, we would strongly encourage everyone to, to seriously uh, pray about it. Um, there's plenty of people in the congregation who have been before, so you can always talk to uh, any one of the three of us um, or anyone else that's gone in the past. Um, but it is such an awesome experience to be able to go over there um, to pray with these people, uh, have them pray for, for us. Um, and I guess one of the things that I really took away from this trip was they honestly are blown away that they know that we are a, a middle-class congregation, but we actually give what we can to support them, and then we take 
time out of our uh, annual holidays to actually go over there, visit them, and actually take the time to, to keep those relationships going. And that really, really blows them away, and they are just so thankful and, uh, and so inclusive. So, um, yeah, so for me, it was a, a, an awesome trip. So if time per permits, um, no, we're getting a no. But um, we would have loved to talk to you more about um, the trip, but of course there's so many stories. But if you ha do have any questions, we would love to have a chat with you. Um, if it's not today, anywhere you know, down the track, we would love to talk to people because it is something that is certainly, it settles on your heart and it stays with you forever and the memories just yeah, get better and better, I think, the more you do it. So... Thank you for listening today and um, we hope that we've um, given you a little bit of an insight to Thailand. Thank you.